You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. <laughs> Welcome back. Episode 34 of the Wide Right Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, little kind of a stuffy nose. We're good. Still pushing through. Um, happy first birthday to the Wide Right Podcast. I didn't realize September 17th, 2019 was the day the first episode went live. So happy first birthday to this podcast. Thank you so much to people who tune in still. I'm not the greatest at this. Uh, I probably won't be great for a long time, but still improving each and every time I do it. At least I like to think so. Um, I'm young. I'm not ex- exactly the most experienced in this, but um, thank you to those who still tune in and take time out of their day to listen to me rant about my favorite football team. Um, and um, yeah, it's this isn't this is only the beginning, I hope. Uh, it's not going away anytime soon, so you're, you're stuck with me basically. Um, unless, of course, you decide to unsubscribe, but don't do that. Um, but uh, so, episode thirty-four, gonna be talking about a couple different things. We got a pretty packed episode. Um, gonna talk about Tiki Barber's comments on Saquon. That was a headline this week, thus far this week. Um, Justin Tuck was one of the first-year nominees for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, so so congratulations to him. We'll go over that, and then we will preview the upcoming Giants-Bears Week 2 matchup taking place this Sunday at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Yeah, 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time in Chicago. Giants coming off a 26-16 loss to the Steelers, as we all witnessed on Monday night, and we all talked about um, you know, on this podcast afterwards. Um, but going to start with the Tiki comments. Uh, this obviously, as I just said, made headlines this week. Tiki Barber, obviously former Giants running back, Giants legend. I mean, that's not, let's, let's call it like it is. He's a Giants legend. Um, I mean, when you talk about the great running backs in the in Giants franchise history, your mind goes to Tiki every single time. So, um, and you know, y- your mind's going to go to Saquon a lot. I mean, people's minds go to Saquon now because of what he's been able to do thus far in his career. But, you know, he, he's obviously, you know, still young, but um, Tiki, basically what I'm saying, Tiki's a legend. And now he has his own, he has his radio program, his TV show, Tiki and Tierney on CBS, on the CBS Sports Network. And, uh, he basically said he doesn't believe Saquon is an every down back. Now it doesn't have anything to do with his speed, his strength, his pass catching abilities. You know, we know he's elite in each one of those categories. Okay. We know he is. I mean, he led the league in scrimmage yards his rookie year. It's not, it has nothing to do with his speed, strength, or his ability to catch passes out of the backfield. It doesn't have to do with his historically bad performance on Monday running the football, um, six yards on 15 carries against the Steelers. Uh, you know, that was because of how bad the offensive line was. 
you know, I'm pretty sure Barkley was hit at or behind the line on eight of those carries. I'm pretty sure. Um, so that's, you know, that's that's the lines issue. And then other issue was there's a ton of plays Jason Garrett called that just took a while to develop. And when you have an offensive line that as bad as the Giants offensive line was on Monday, slow developing plays aren't going to, you know, they're not going to work. You know, simple. They're not going to work. The Giants need quicker. The Giants need quicker developing plays. Let's see if they work on that this week. But it's none of those things. It's Tiki's worried about the pass blocking issue, and you saw in Monday's game that pass blocking isn't Saquon's strength whatsoever. Uh, basically, what Tiki said on his show, and I'll I have the quote right here. Tiki said he might not be in every down back. He can he cannot pass protect. And it has started to become glaring. It was probably the only issue he had to deal with coming into the NFL. He wasn't asked to do it at Penn State. And you see him diving on the ground, not sticking his head in people's chests. It's going to be a liability because people see it now. It's on tape and it's going to come out. Close quote. Then he goes, quote, if you've watched him for the last couple of years, he doesn't want to block. I learned this early on in my career because I was a third down back before I was a star running back. If you can't block, you can't be on the field on third down. You just can't because you know those are high blitz and dog downs. Close quote. Um, yeah, I mean, he he's right that if you can't pass block, you can't be on the field on third downs. You know, he's, he's right about that. But Saquon's in every down back. Saquon is way too versatile. He's way too athletic. He's way too talented for the Giants not to have him on the field at all times. You know, and I said they need to run that offense through Saquon. I like Daniel Jones, and I think Daniel Jones is going to be very good. I thought Daniel Jones played well. Besides the two interceptions, I thought Jones played well on Monday. You know, especially with what he was dealing with. No, you know, um, no running game. The offensive line was bad. You know, Evan Engram was bad. No Golden Tate. You know, Sterling Shepard's good, but he disappears. I feel a little bit. Um, I like Jones, but I think even in a passing league, they need to run that offense through Saquon. It's that simple. Saquon is way too talented. He's way too versatile of a back. Um, He's way too successful in too many categories for him not to be an every down back. So I don't agree with Tiki saying he's not an every down back. But I do agree Barkley does need to work on the pass protection because right now the Giants don't have a lot of great pass protectors. They don't at all. You know, no one could protect Jones in Monday's game. The line was... I thought was mediocre at best initially, and then towards even like in towards the middle of the first quarter, towards the end of the game, it was just bad. Um, you know, Evan Engram isn't that great of a blocker. We know that. So Barkley struggling struggling in the pass protection game doesn't line up well with everyone else struggling in the pass protection game. It's simple. And if you can't protect Jones, they're not going to be able to do anything. You know, because they couldn't run the ball. So if you can't protect Jones and you can't throw the ball, then you can't do anything as an offense. You go three and out every drive. So I agree that Barkley needs to, you know, improve in the pass blocking game. But all young running backs do. Tiki needed to when he was young. You know, Tiki needed to improve his pass blocking abilities. Every young running back when they start out in this league does. So I, I think Barkley definitely needs to improve in that area of the game. But to say he's not an every down back, I just I just disagree with that take. I just don't think that's a great take by Tiki. You know, it's, Saquon's way too talented and successful not to have him on the field on every play. 
as I said before, Jones is too young and inexperienced to have to carry this team on his back like that. You know, they need to run the offense through Saquon. They need to have him on the field at all times. And it's even on third down, even on those third down passing plays, they need to have him on the field. If you're in a third and long and you're not going to have your most talented player on the team on the field, that's absurd. Tiki, excuse me, Saquon is an every down back. And Tiki's saying that I think he's making, that's too big of a reach for Tiki to say that Saquon is not an every down back. Um, so I'm not, I'm, I, I'm against Tiki on this one. And, uh, you know, contrary to a lot of Giants fans, not a lot, but some Giants fans, you know, I like Tiki. I like watching. I watched that show here and there. I watched Tiki and Tierney. I watched it yesterday. I didn't see when he said that exact quote. I guess I didn't catch the show when that was airing. But, you know, I, I, I like Tiki. And I, um, you know, I think some of the takes he makes may be a little bit, you know, I guess not right. <laughs> but a lot of these guys don't have, you know, a lot of these guys will make bad takes here and there. And a bad take was Tiki saying that Saquon might not be an every down back. I just disagree with that. Uh, I think the Giants need to have him on the field at all times. But moving on. So this week, they announced the first year nominees for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, Justin Tuck, another Giants legend, uh, receiving a nomination as the first year nominee for the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. Do I think he gets in? Maybe somewhere down, maybe at some point down the line. I think he's he deserves to get in down the line, but I don't think he's a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. You could disagree with me. I'm open for, you know, this argument. I just don't think Justin Tuck did enough to warrant him getting a first ballot Hall of Fame, um, for him to be a first ballot Hall of Fame. And I love Tuck. I've always loved Justin Tuck. I still wish he was on the Giants. You know, I argue that he could have won MVP in Super Bowl 42. And I know many people would agree with that. But when you look at the... The numbers were good, but when you look at the numbers on a broader standpoint, I mean, in his 11 seasons, he only had four double-digit sack seasons. You know, he went one year with six, one year with five, one with four. Uh, And, you know, I think the numbers are solid. I just don't think they're worthy of a first ballot selection. You know, it's the same thing with the accolades. He only went to the Pro Bowl twice. You know, it wasn't like he was the league's best pass ru- best pass rusher every single year, or even close. You know, he was the, he had the first team All Pro selection in 2008, the second team All Pro selection in 2010. Those were the two years he made the Pro Bowl, uh, and that's it, really. I mean, when you look at it at a broader standpoint, he wasn't. There were better pass rushers in the league at the time. You know, in that era, there were better pass rushers in the league. And I just, I don't think his numbers or his accolades are going to lead to him being selected for as a first ballot Hall of Famer. As I said before, maybe somewhere down the line. And I hope he gets in somewhere down the line. I hope he gets in first ballot. You know, it's not like I don't hope he gets in first ballot. It's like I don't want him to get in first ballot. I'm just saying if I had to make the selection, I wouldn't put him first ballot. Somewhere down the line, yeah, sure. He was good. He was really good. I mean, he was an integral part of those two Super Bowl forty, uh, Super Bowl forty two and Super Bowl forty six teams. Um, you know, he's in the ring of honor for the Giants, which he very much deserves to be. But a first ballot Hall of Fame selection may be a bit of a stretch. 
I'm sorry. I'm open for. I'm open to arguing this, but I just don't think he did enough to get that sort of honor. Um, but I'm not. I'm not on the committee, and there's a good reason why I'm not on the committee, and that's because I'm not the best at making these types of decisions. I'm not the best at making you know these types of choices. You know who gets in and who doesn't. You know, I I'm even the one that says you know a lot of people will say Eli is the first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't know if he is. You know, I think when you, I'm, I think they usually release the time of discussion that the committee has for each player, and I think Eli's will be the longest discussion ever by far. But I don't think Eli may, I don't, Eli may not get in first ballot Hall of Fame. You know, it's it's the same thing. It's it's yeah. There's the two Super Bowl MVPs, but you know, there's also he only went to the Pro Bowl four times in 16 years, and you know, it, there's there's an argument against him going first ballot, and I believe it's the same thing with Tuck. There's a big argument against him getting in first ballot. You know, the, the, the numbers are solid, but not first ballot worthy. The accolades are solid, not first ballot worthy. Um, you know, the accolades especially. There's only, there's only two Pro Bowls. That's it. So, um, but at the end of the day, I hope he gets in first ballot. I hope he gets in, period. And uh, But I just don't think he will that first year. But we'll see. Again, I don't make those decisions. There's very good reason why I don't make those decisions. uh, Because I'm not smart enough or competent enough to be on the committee that makes those types of decisions. Which is a good thing. Um, Alright, moving on. Finally, the Giants-Bears preview. Uh, Giants coming in 0-1, obviously, after Monday's 26-16 loss to Pittsburgh. I think the last time they went 1-0 was, what, 2016? Yeah. So this is the fourth straight year the Giants have gone 0-1 to start the year. So I guess fans are used to it at this point. Um, There are things the Giants will need to clean up ahead of this game. Uh, Obviously, the blocking, as we mentioned before. The secondary needs to focus more on the shallow routes, which which they had a tough time with on Monday against Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. Um, the run the run defense needs to pick it up. You know, they allowed Benny Snell to run all over them in the absence of James Conner. I thought the pass rush looked good against Pittsburgh, so they'll need to build on that excess in Chicago. And then the Bears are coming in 1-0, beat the Lions 27-23. to uh, Mitch Trubisky threw for 242 yards and three scores. David Montgomery only rushed for 64 yards, 4.9 yards per carry, which is pretty good, I would say. And then Allen Robinson caught five balls for 74. Allen Robinson caught five balls, excuse me, for 74 yards. I think the main key for the Giants on the defensive end is going to be the same thing as it was against Pittsburgh. Control the run game. They didn't. They didn't they didn't they obviously didn't control Benny Snell in that game, which freed up, you know, the play action and it freed up Roethlisberger to make plays with his arm and it freed up Juju Smith Schuster to make plays with his hands and um that's that and that's what that was the issue. The Giants need to control the run game against Chicago. No question. If they can control that area of the field, excuse me, if they can control that area of the game and they can force Trubisky to throw the ball and if they can force Chicago to convert third downs, I think they will end up forcing Trubisky to screw up. If you force Trubisky to throw the ball too many times, he will screw up at some point. You know, we saw him. He wasn't that effective last year. You know, only 17 touchdowns to 10 picks. You know, 83 rating, 5 fumbles. If the Giants can just contain Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, and that running game as a whole, 
and force Trubisky to make plays with his arm, Trubisky will make mistakes with the football. Guaranteed. That means the inside linebackers and the defensive line groups need to come together to, to contain the run. That means the pass rush need to consistently bring the pressure and fluster Trubisky. If they can do all that, they will be successful on that end of the field. Okay, just control the run. That's all, that's all they need to do. This isn't that, you know, we we saw the Bears last year. They're not that great of a team. They were good in 2018. They took a step back last year. If they can just, if the Giants can just control the run game and force the Bears offense to run through Trubisky, mistakes will be made on the Bears end. Okay, and they, that's, it's it's that simple. It's, you know, it's not that complicated. Same game plan as it, as it was against Pittsburgh. They didn't execute with that. They let Benny Snell run all over, run all over them, and that was an issue. Big reason why they lost. You know, force Trubisky to make plays with his arm. He'll screw up in one way or another. And as far as the receivers are concerned, I was thinking maybe they could double team Allen Robinson. I mean, he's dangerous. If the ball gets in his hands too much, they could be in trouble. So I think maybe with the plethora of defensive backs that they have, you know, in Corey Ballantine, James Bradbury, Julian Love, Jabril Peppers, Darnay Holmes, and Logan Ryan, uh, they could possibly double-team Allen Robinson. I would think, I'm going to assume that they're going to have James Bradbury follow Allen Robinson, which could then potentially free up Logan Ryan or Darnay Holmes for the double-team. I think that's something they could they, they, they should um, that they should at least consider leading up to this matchup. Uh, I think you know if they can just take out Allen, if they can take Allen Robinson out of the game. I think uh, I, I think Trubisky will again screw up in some way, shape, or form. You know, it's that that that's it. You know, f- force Trubisky to throw the ball, and if he can take if you can take uh, Allen Robinson out of the game, I think this defense will be fine. But they need to execute. You know, that's it's it's one thing just saying that's what they need to do. They need to execute on that sort of game plan if that's the game plan they decide to utilize. As far on the offensive side of the ball, uh, I think you need to consider how bad this, you know, how bad the blocking was this past week against Pittsburgh. And you know, they're not going up against as good of a pass rush as they did on Monday, but. It's still a pass rush led by arguably the top pass rusher in the league in Cleo Mack. With that said, I think the Giants are going to need to bring in an extra blocking tight end on most downs. You know, someone like Levine Toilolo, who they picked up in free agency this year. Someone like Caden Smith, who a lot of Giants fans and the Giants themselves have high hopes on. You know, it's a tough ask to put someone like Evan Engram, who we said before uh, isn't that good of a blocker, but someone like Saquon Barkley, who we also mentioned before, isn't that good of a pass blocker, in there to block that type of talent, that type of pass rushing talent in Khalil Mack. Um, and they could also, it's the same thing with Allen Robinson. They could also double-team Mack if they so choose, and I think they should. He's that good. I mean, you got to take him out of the game. You know, maybe put, you know, they'll have, they'll have a t- whichever side he lines up on, depending on the play, they'll have, you know, a tackle on him, whether that be Cam Fleming or Andrew Thomas, and then they could have, you know, a tight, a blocking tight end on that side as well. Um, if, 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 if he lines up on Cam Fleming's side, they better have another blocking tight end on that side because Cam Fleming was not good at all on Monday night. 
You know, he screwed up multiple times. You know, Andrew Thomas did well for the situation he was in, going up against that sort of pass rush and the Steelers' pass rush. First game of his first pro game of his life at a position as crucial as left tackle, going up against that Steelers rush. He did a great job for what um, the situation for the situation he was in. So if they put, but either way, like if if Mac lines up on Fleming's side, they definitely got to put a tight end on that side to double team him. And I think if they put uh, if if Mac lines up on Andrew Thomas's side, which I think the Bears might, you know, have that occur multiple times, just consider just because you know Thomas is so inexperienced, then I think you still got to put a tight end on that side. You got to take the, the the moral of the story. Basically, what I'm trying to tell all of you is that you ha- you need to take Mac out of the game. I don't want to go like too deep into explaining this because it's so obvious. You need to take Khalil Mac out of the game. You need to give Daniel Jones enough time to make plays, and you need to get, you need to give this offensive unit enough time to develop their plays. As I said before, that was an issue on Monday. Too many plays, Jason Garrett called, took too long to develop, and that was an issue. You know, because all you know that Steelers pass rush was in the backfield. You know, more time, more than half the time, Saquon touched. You know, more than half the time, they gave Saquon the ball on a run play. That Steelers defense was hitting him at the line or behind the line. You know, and part of that was because the offensive line was bad. Part of that was because the plays just took too long to develop. You gotta, you gotta take Mac out of the game. You know, give Jones the time he needs, and give the offense the time they need, the time that unit needs to develop the plays. You know, and um, that if they could just give Jones time, he should be fine. You know, that one intercept, that one bad interception on Monday was because Bud Dupree was in his face. Why? Because they allowed him to get into the backfield. You give Jones time, he's going to make plays. He had time on the first touchdown to Slayton. You saw he stepped up in the pocket and zipped it to the end zone, 41 yards to Slayton. That was great. Why? Because he had time. Because he had time to throw. If you could take their best pass rusher out of the game and give Jones time, you'll be fine. As far as the run game is concerned, I think we need to accept that this offensive line doesn't have the chemistry doesn't have the best chemistry right now, and that's fine. They've only played one game together. You know, three of the offensive linemen out of the five were new from last year. Two of the offensive linemen against the Steelers were playing in a pro-level game at their respective positions for the first time. Andrew Thomas had never played a pro-level game before that night. You know, Nick Gates did, but not at center. You need to give this offensive line time to gel, and since it's only been one game and it's probably not going to improve a drastic amount, on Sunday, I think the Giants are going to need to bring in Eli Penny, the fullback, in on most rundowns. Um, you know, obviously the line can't do it all themselves. They need backup. A guy like Penny, along with a guy like Toy Lolo, in the game on rundowns could give Barkley enough space to make plays. And the good thing about the good thing about Barkley is that he doesn't need a whole lot of space whatsoever. That's how dangerous he is. He doesn't need that much space to operate. He doesn't need that much space to utilize the speed, strength, and just sheer talent that he possesses. But, you know, just the offensive line alone isn't going to give him the space that he needs. You got to bring in someone like Penny, someone like Toy Lolo, you know, someone like Caden Smith, you know, Evan Engram, no, because he's just, he's not a good blocker at all. Um, You know, at least not right now, hopefully he improves at the Hopefully he improves in the future, and I hope he does. Hope you know all Giants fans hope he does, but they got to bring you know extra bodies in on rundowns, on running plays. I mean, it's just that's just how it is right now. At least right now, this offensive line has not had a lot of time to gel. 
you know, it's tough for an offensive line to gel early, especially after a lost offseason, a lost preseason, and a strange, unusual training camp period. You know, like it's just, they don't have time. They haven't had, you know, a whole lot of time to build that chemistry. So I think they need backup right now. And, uh, you know, fullback, a tight end is going to provide that. So just to summarize on the defensive end, they're going to need to force Trubisky to throw the ball, make mistakes, try to take Allen Robinson out of the game. On the offensive end, take Khalil Mack out of the game, give Jones time to make, you know, the throws, give the offense time to develop their plays, and, uh, you know, bring in some extra bodies on rundowns because you need to give Barkley space. And as I said before, it's not that much space he needs, but he does need a little bit of space to operate. You know, it, it, that's just, you know, that's all, that's all running backs. You know, the great ones don't need a whole lot of space. Barkley's one of the great ones. He doesn't need a whole lot of space, but he does need some some space. And the offensive line alone isn't going to create any space right now, unfortunately. Um, will I endorse a Giants win? Yeah, sure. I'll show confidence. I'll be confident about this game. I'm going to put the final score at 24-20. to 20. I say Jones has another two touchdowns. You know, one to Slayton, at least. Slayton will at least have one. So shout out to the fantasy owners of Slayton. I wish I had Slayton on on any of my fantasy teams, um, especially after Monday night. I say Barkley crosses the plane for the first time this year, whether that be be the other touchdown pass that that I'm predicting Jones has or a rushing touchdown. Um, And I say the defense steps up for most of the game. I say the pass rush stays consistent. I like the sort of, I guess plan they're using with the pass rush. You know, I like how it's not just like one body that's doing it all. I like this whole committee-based approach. You know, I like Golden getting involved, Lorenzo Carter, you know, Kyler Fackrell, uh, O'Shane, uh, you know, saw Leonard Williams get a sack, Dexter Lawrence got a sack, you know, have the defensive lineman uh, get in the mix. You know, maybe somewhere down the road, they implement Carter Coughlin, who's a talented pass rusher. They drafted in the seventh round of this year's draft. You know, this just they just need bodies. You know, that's it. I, I, I like this committee-based approach they're using with the pass rush. I think, you know, shuffling guys in and out, you know, subbing guys in depending on the situation. You know, I, I like it. But I say the defense steps up. Jones has two touchdowns. Pass rush remains consistent. 24 to 20 final score. Giants improved to one and one, which would be a huge win because I believe their following game, their week three game, is against San Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco, I believe, is their week three game, and that's. I mean, I know they lost to uh, Arizona. Arizona's good, by the way. I think Arizona's going to be the sleeper team in the NFC this year. Don't sleep on Arizona at all. Arizona's a good team. But 49ers are still the reigning NFC champions. They still have all the talent in the world. So it's it's not like, you know, not not all, not all the talent in the world, but they have a lot of talent. There's a reason they there's a reason they made the Super Bowl last year. You know, they're good. They have they have a very good coach in Kyle Shanahan. Um, they have, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo isn't the best quarterback in the league, but he doesn't have to do too much because he has guys around him. And um, you know they have a great defense, obviously. So I think if they if they lose Sunday, I think they're going to go zero and three. I don't think they can. Win. I don't think they can beat that San Francisco team um, right now. But who knows? But anyway, I think the Giants improved to one and one, which would be a huge win, build momentum going into um, the San Francisco game, uh, which is at home at MetLife Stadium. Thank God they're not going all the way out there. And you know you got to get they got to get some wins under their belt now because. 
you know, you get the Steelers are a tough game. The Bears aren't going to be the easiest game, even though the Bears weren't that great last year. 49ers going to be a tough game. Then you got the Rams. Then you got the Cowboys, who are always tough against the Giants, regardless of how good they are. Then you got Washington, who who knows how they could be. They beat Philly. I mean, I, I'm, I'm out of my survivor pool after week one because of that. You know, then they have Philly. Then they have Tampa Bay. Then they have Washington again. Then they have Philly. Giants have a tough... When you talk about the Giants' first 10 games, I mean, that is tough. That's a tough schedule. You know, then they come back and they have the Bengals. Who knows how they could be with Burrow moving forward. You know, Seahawks, Cardinals, Ravens at some point. Cow- like, they have a tough schedule. Like, they need to get wins under their belt now. So I think a win on Sunday would be huge. And I'm endorsing it. 24-20 final score. Giants come out of Soldier Field with a win. But anyway, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 34 of the Wide Right Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York. Follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. That's at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. And all right, I'm out of here. Thanks.